It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Hey, you're listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast. What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday night. And the Wizards are about to take on the leaders of the Eastern Conference, Toronto Raptors, here Friday night at Capital One Arena. Um, Locked On Wizards podcast comes to you. Uh, our host is Noah Getzel, and that's me, the guy speaking right now. Sorry, I'm talking in third person. <laughs> and we've got an awesome guest tonight, Brandon Nguyen, who is from Wizards Extra. I'm also a Wizards Extra reporter. We've been there for about the same amount of time. This is our fourth season. And uh, you should listen to the Locked On Wizards podcast because we come at you five days a week. So nonstop news and analysis and player interviews, coach interviews. And today's show, we'll be talking about the, we'll be previewing the matchup between the Wizards and Rocket and Raptors. We'll also be talking about the history of this and how basically since the Wizards beat 
swept the Raptors in the 2014-15 playoffs, there there kind of hasn't really been too much of a rivalry because it's like the Wizards just seem like the more confident team. And finally, we're going to do a throwback Thursday to recap that series and talk about how uh, Wizards were able to, to come out of there and, and win 4 nothing with uh, some, some old folks like uh, Paul Pierce, of course, the truth, hitting huge shots. He upped his performance, and uh, Nene was back on the team. Uh, some other guys, Ramon Sessions, who's back there with the 10-day contract now, he was... He was um, contributing a little bit, and Chris Humphreys and different guys who you probably heard, haven't heard about in a couple of years. So we're going to uh, jump right into it with the Wizards-Raptors preview on Friday. And so the Wizards are 2-1 and one this season against the Raptors. Uh, last year, they just 1-2 and two against them. One of those wins was with the, without John Wall. Of course, the Wizards will be also without Wall tomorrow. He's going to be out at least two more weeks. He hasn't started any basketball-related activities after his minor knee surgery. Uh, when was that? Like January 30th, something about that. And then the Wizards... So, yeah, they, they, they won one game and lost one game without John Wall against the Raptors this year. How do you like the Wizards' odds after a really tough matchup on, on Wednesday against the Warriors where the Wizards lost? They've got to go right back into it just one day off before they face the, the best team in the Eastern Conference, Brandon. I like their odds because the last time the Wizards played the Raptors, the Raptors shot very very well from the three-point line. The Wizards kind of struggled, but they only lost by th- three points. Or Yeah, they only lost by three points in their last matchup, so... I like their chances against the Raptors tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Wizards have been playing really well, really unselfishly, since uh, John Wall went out. They're 10-4 and four in those 14 games. And, I don't know, it just seems like the Raptors aren't really a team that strikes fear in my mind anymore. And I know the, the both teams are incredibly different. The Raptors are, you know, above everyone in the East, including eight games above the Wizards in the standings. Wizards are in fourth place, Raptors are in first in the East, but... To me, to you, do you think the Raptors are, are still a scary team in, in the Eastern Conference, or is this year any different? Honestly, until they can, until they can prove that they can handle the playoffs, I, they don't scare me at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lowry has hasn't proven what he can do in the playoffs, and neither has DeRozan. So, and after, do you think Beal's about to bounce back? Um, after he shot, I think it was like three of fifteen in the the game against the Warriors, or do you think? Our team's kind of trying to starting to figure out how to, you know, double team him and turn him to a playmaker and kind of just lock him up and keep him from touching touching the ball and being that playmaker for the Wizards. Do you think it was kind of just like, all right, the Warriors are an incredible defensive team, like it makes sense that they're going to shut down the Wizards superstar, or is it something where where you know teams are getting more and more film of Beal being the head of the Wizard snake, and do you think it's going to be a trend that he's going to keep shooting poorly? I mean, he won't be as efficient as he was at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, because, as you said, the teams are just that much more focused on him because he is the the main go-to option on the team. But I think against the Raptors on Friday night, I think he'll have a decent bounce-back game. But, but since the Raptors are one of the best defensive teams in basketball, they're going to have the personnel to really lock in on him and limit his opportunities. So he's really got the other guys to step up in his shots for the Wizards to win on Friday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the discussion is just about terminated versus like who's the better backcourt. 
uh, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan versus Wall and Beal. Of course, we're not going to see Wall playing tomorrow, but Lowry has just been a little bit quieter as he's starting to age. He's 31 now. He averages 16.5 points a game. He's still kind of close to a triple-double, you know, 6.5 assists. Not really that close, but he's averaging good rebounding and assist numbers. 6.5 assists, 5.7 rebounds. But, I mean, like, his shooting percentage has never been great, and this year it, it's, you know, it's it's just 42%, 39.5% from downtown. Is it, like, a, a little bit more clear-cut these days that the Wizards have a better backcourt? I think so. I mean, the, the Raptors have the more accomplished backcourt because they've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, whereas mm-hmm. the, the Wizards' backcourt, they haven't been there yet. But in terms of talent, I don't think there's really a debate at this point. I mean, Lowry at his best isn't as good as as what Wall was last season when Wall was averaging 23 and 10. I don't think Lowry ever came close to putting up those numbers in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the depth is really where the Raptors hurt teams. You know, like their second unit. Um, there's uh, one guy who's going to be injured most likely tomorrow, OG Anunobi. <laughs> I don't know if I'm totally butchering his name. <laughs> But, I mean, he's he's a, a nice young uh, prospect, and he he only averages six points and uh, two and a half rebounds a game, um, but it's his athleticism is off the charts. And they, like, I think I mentioned this on an earlier podcast uh, with Brian Kramer after the Wizards um, went up against the, the, the Raptors, and the Raptors just have, like, so many young prospects who aren't doing anything crazy. They're averaging like seven points a game, but it's just like the Wizards have very few young players. They have Sadoransky, who only played a couple years in the league, but he's actually a little bit older. I think he's like 27 now. And then Kelly Uber below 25 as well. So I think that, I think the key to their, you know, like last game, it was, it was good performance from guys like Meeks and, Tim Frazier and Mike Scott, but we'll see. We'll see what the bench can bring um, here on Friday night. Do you, what do you think will be the determining factor for this for this one uh, against the Raptors? Yeah, I'm with you about the um, bench production. The last time the Wizards beat the Raptors, the bench the Wizards bench outscored the Raptors bench forty four to twenty three. And another and another key to Wizards to Wizards victory tomorrow is rebounding because mm. in their last matchup. The Wizards out-rebounded the Raptors 44-32. So bench production and rebounding are keys to victory tomorrow. No doubt. Uh, some some quick stats about uh, where these two teams rank. Uh, so in terms of scoring, both teams are great. Like in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors are number one. The Wizards are third. And then points allowed, the Wizards are like middle of the pack defensively. Uh, they're seventh out of 15 teams. And then the Raptors are, are third. But uh, field goal percentage, they're, they're just about the same spot, you know, offensively potent teams. When it comes to three-pointers made, though, there's a huge difference because the Wizards only hit 9.8 a year, whereas when you look at um, uh, the Raptors, I just had it up and now it disappeared, of course. Um, I think they're closer to, like, 11 or 12. Let me double-check this. Three-pointers made per game. Yeah, so the Raptors hit 11. Point six, and then the Wizards rank twenty first, nine point eight. Um, they just don't shoot them that much. It's you know their percentage is fine. It's thirty seven percent, which is good for seventh place. But 
yeah, the, the Wizards don't take enough three-pointers. Um, and I think that's a, a big factor. And then turnovers, especially in the recent weeks, the Wizards have, have been a little bit sloppier with the ball. So when you look at the turnover numbers, the Raptors take great care of it, just 13.3 a game, which is fourth place in the NBA. Wizards aren't awful. It's 14.4, so, you know, that's just one more turnover a game, but that's that's 16th. Um, what do you think has, has been the reason for the Wizards' recent string of, of more turnovers than usual? Is it just not always having a, a legitimate point guard in the game when they'd go with lineups of Beal and Meeks and trying to, you know, stretch that out to kind of give Sadoransky some more time for, for rest? I think it's that and... Another reason why is because the Wizards have a lot of players who, when they get the ball, they kind of hold on to and they don't make very quick decisions. Oh, yeah, like Like, like, like Bradley Beal and Autoport, when they catch the ball, uh, oftentimes it takes them about two to three seconds to really make a, deci- make a decision. And the same thing with Kelly Oubre, too. So they really got to, once they get the ball, they got to make quicker decisions. Otherwise, they're just going to be kind of be telegraphing their mm-hmm. their passes and what they're trying to do on offense. Does it surprise you that the Raptors are in first place in the Eastern Conference? They're always like a, a team that's kind of jostling for that. Uh, they, they usually get, you know, the, the home court advantage. But do you think the regular season means anything? Like, of course, Cleveland is like the only team you really have to watch out for um, because they've been to the past uh, three finals and won one of those. But does, like... We're going to get into this in a, in a second, our next segment, but like, do you, are you surprised that the Raptors are, are tied, basically tied with Boston, just a half game ahead with 43 wins and, you know, uh, how many games are left? 22 games remaining? I'm not surprised at all because these, these guys have been, especially Lowry and DeRozan, they've been together for a while and they've proven that, they've, that they, thri- they can thrive and be successful in the regular season. Just like other teams in the past, like the Hawks, like the Atlanta Hawks from a couple of years ago, they won 60, 65 games or six, 62 games, I think, during the 14-15 season. But it teams, I don't know, for some reason, teams that get the number one seed in the East, they don't do all well the playoffs. I don't know why. Like last year, the Celtics, they didn't, they didn't do all that well in the playoffs when they were a matchup against the Cavs. Well, Same thing with the Hawks Conference from a couple years ago. Yeah. I know, but they got, didn't they get swept? Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas <laughs> only played, what, one of those games, though? I don't know. He had that hip injury. Even in the Eastern Conference, you, sh- you should get at least one to two wins. Yeah, and they only off, won off In terms of why the Raptors don't really scare people, especially the Wizards in the Eastern Conference Final, with all that trash talking back in 2015. So stay tuned for the Locked On Wizards podcast. We are here to, to analyze the matchup. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, the Wizards are facing the Toronto Raptors, uh, a tough matchup, um, but they've won two out of three games against Toronto this year. And one of those was without John Wall, uh, one of the losses, the only loss also without John Wall. So that's coming Friday night at Capital One Arena. Um, and I'm not sure if I said this already, but you're listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. You can uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or uh, Stitcher. You can check us out on SoundCloud or our website, LockedOnWizards.com, for exclusive content five days a week on the Washington Wizards. So the Wizards and Raptors don't really have a rivalry, but it seems like the Wizards, when it comes to big games, they sort of have the Raptors number. And, of course, like the regular season is what it is, like... You know, the Raptors can win as many games as they want, but, like, LeBron still is going to dominate them in the playoffs most likely just because that's the type of player LeBron is. But do you think that the series, which we're going to talk to uh, talk about in the next section for our Throwback Thursday, do you think that that series in 2015 kind of, like, permanently set a dent in, in the Raptors and their star players, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, that said, like, okay, you can't beat the Wizards. They're the young team on the rise and basically, like, we've got your number when it really counts. Oh, yeah, for sure, because remember, in that 2015 series against the against the Wizards, Kyle Lowry got shut down by John Wall. I mean, he's, he, John Wall completely took him out of that series. And I think whenever Lowry goes up against the Wizards, I think it's possible that th- that series and the memories from that series are still in the back of his mind. So that probably... If, affects his confidence going into every game against the Wizards. Yeah, and that's a good point. But there was a, a game that the Wizards lost to the Raptors this year, and uh, Lauer, or sorry, DeRozan was just looked pretty much unstoppable. He had uh, 33 points, hit 57% of his shot attempts, even two three-pointers. He's really improved his threes. And surprisingly enough, like DeRozan's a guy who's so athletic, he can just get to the line any time of the game, he had just one free throw in that game and still got 33 points. Like, that's that's saying something when you hit 15 field goals. Um, so he, so that was, um, I believe that was the first matchup between those two teams this year. Um, John Wall was injured, and this was back November 19th. Beal had 27. Frazier, for some reason, was starting the game. He had six points and also eight rebounds and eight assists, so, like, you can't really take away from anything in that game. But it was just a, a slow night for the Wizards. Uh, Porter had 15, Gortat had 12, Oubre 10, and Mike Scott had 9. And then the Wizards came back and beat um, the Raptors uh, November 5th. Oh, so that, that game was actually before the one we just mentioned. My bad. And then that one was 107-96. Once again, John Wall wasn't playing. Uh, that game, Beal totally exploded. Uh, 38 points, 16 of 26, so he shot over 60%. Four of six from downtown. Um, and yeah, nobody else really needed to do much, but you also had Otto Porter chipping in 19. Uh, five guys in double figures. And they held... I guess the Raptors shot okay. They shot 46%, but that was, I mean, if, if 
Beal can, I, you know he's going to be looking to, to bounce back on Friday after he shot so poorly against the Warriors. So I think this, do you think he's going to get up to 30 points again? Probably not. He's going to be the main focus. Not this time. I think he'll get, I mean, he'll get at least, I'll probably get around 20, 22 to 25 points. Mm-hmm. Just because he's going to, he's going to be the focus of what, he's going to be the focus of the Raptors game plan on the defensive end. So, I don't see him getting too many easy looks against the Raptors. Right. And if DeRozan's guarding him, like, that's a very tough matchup, too. You know, because how tall... His, his wingspan just goes on and on. Yeah. And DeRozan is... 6'8", He's 6'7". Oh, 6'7". Yeah, 6'7", 221. Yeah. And we were just talking about it before this podcast started, like... DeMar DeRozan and Bradley Beal have essentially, like, all the same numbers this year. Uh, the only advantage that DeRozan has, well, his disadvantage is three-point shooting. He's just 32% for the year. But then, on the other hand, he's he's getting 5.2 assists. And then Beal has really stepped up his assists. He's gotten, I think, around 6.8 in the past 14 games that Wall's been out. But, like, overall, he's, you know, low, low fours. So it's not a big difference. It's, like, one assist more, but... Is there a player, maybe you're a homer, just a, a Wizards fan, is, would you rather DeRozan or Beal on your team? I'd rather have Bradley Beal on my team because one of their stats right now, Beal has a higher effective field goal percentage and a higher take. Let me see. He doesn't take as many shots as DeRozan either. Yeah. Actually, no, he takes about the same. Between these two guys, you can't really make a wrong pick. Mm-hmm. And then... He was at 23.4. Oh, okay. He was at... No doubt. So that means his, his effective field goal percentage should be even higher. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a tough call, like, because, you know, like, Beal can be a star, and can he's proven in the past few games that he can, you know, lead a franchise and do everything it takes when he's the, the lone all-star on the team. But I think DeMar DeRozan, like, has kind of acknowledge that role for a bit longer than Beal, so he he's more used to scoring in the clutch and, you know, being able to to get those ISOs, and he's great in mid-range, especially on fadeaways. He gets to the rim at ease, with ease. I think it's, it's a very tough call, but when you look long-term, the age difference, 24 versus 48, yeah. Beal, this season, you know, DeRozan was the start of an all-star game, but I think Beal ultimately is better. It's like, they're always having off games, when when it's an important game and up into bigger you know it's not just a two two person team and they have a DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry just never really put the pieces together spotlights on them I think so I mean they and have plenty of time to figure that figure it out at this point yeah and they've been together for what, five, four to five years now I mean that's that's more than enough time to figure it out I mean they're not going to figure it out now they might never figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to be fair, like, you, as you mentioned, they've made the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Cavs. I think that was, like, a six-game series, too. And the Wizards have never gone that far. Uh, so, like, yeah, the Wizards talk way too much. And the fact that they said last year, oh, the, the Celtics, or what was it? He Like, Beal and Wall agreed, like, oh, the Cavaliers didn't even want to face us. They were scared. They, they chose to get the three seed or whatever it was just because they wanted to avoid the Wizards like so no doubt about that I think I'm I'm confident you know I'm really confident in the Wizards uh 
defending champions who have won two out of the last three championships. Like, it's it means something, especially because that was the second game of back to back. The Wizards are playing, they're playing really solid right now, and you know they've beaten the Raptors twice this year. So I think this this will be not an essential game, but like a good litmus test of where the Wizards are. With now there's 20 games left in the season, so it's kind of getting down. Into into you know the final playoff stretch and you still got some time before Wall's gonna come back so it's an important game uh, all of, you know it seems like all of these games in February have have been tough well I'm saying like after the All Star break like it's been a, a brutal stretch of games and I think it's to, until the end of March I believe when the Wizards will play the Knicks and finally get somewhat of a break but the Wizards notoriously take those easy opponents off yeah so let's look at the the rest of, you know, coming up, they've got the Raptors on Friday, then the Pacers on Sunday, the Heat on Tuesday, uh, then the, the Pelicans, the Heat again, the Timberwolves, who looked a lot tougher before they lost Jimmy Butler, Boston, Indiana again, the Spurs. It, yeah, it doesn't really get easy until March 25th. But, you know, that's a game against the Knicks, and then they play the Spurs again. So, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough way the whole rest of the way to... But basically yeah. what I'm saying is that the Wizards have been good against the Raptors, and now we're going to take one more quick break and talk about uh, this series in 2015 a little bit more for our Throwback Thursday section. So stay tuned, Locked on Wizards. We'll be right back. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked on Wizards podcast. Uh, we're going back, what is it, three seasons now to the playoffs when the Wizards beat the Toronto Raptors, and it wasn't even close. It was a four-game sweep. Uh, the Wizards shot incredibly effectively and the Raptors did not. What were some of like your biggest takeaways from, from this series, the lone uh, season that Paul Pierce played for the Wizards back in 2014, 2015? Brandon Nguyen, by the way, is the guest on the podcast, and he's about to drop some knowledge. I think the biggest takeaway from that series is how quickly and swiftly Randy Whitman was able to adjust the offense. Because remember, during that season, the Wizards were a mid-range shooting team. Uh, that's the thing that drove Wizards fans crazy during that season is their mm -hmm. refusal to take more three-pointers. So, so it, was just it was just incredible to see how Randy Whitman, he, I think he moved Paul Pierce to the four. And, yeah, he moved Paul Pierce to the four and had a lineup of Wall, Beal, Porter, Pierce, and Gortat. And that small ball lineup absolutely killed. It killed the Raptors. And Eric is bombing threes from all over the place, which was the opposite of what they were doing during the regular season. Yeah. And everyone yeah, and everyone that was watching that series was just in awe of what the Wizards were doing on offense. 
Yeah, that was that was a one smart move from Randy Whitman to actually go with that small ball lineup and, and allow Pierce to, to play the stretch four position. Pierce really stepped his game up, obviously, was the postseason. He instilled a lot of confidence in the team, and then there was like, uh, he he had some quotes later, like, you know, the Wizards have really good players. They just, I don't know if they want it or not. You know, like, you've got to smack Otto Porter in the face to get him motivated, like Beal and Wall are elite talents, but they kind of, like, fade in and out of games and things like that. So Pierce, his first game in the playoffs, uh, he dropped 20 points, 18 and a half points a game, which is up from his, his season average that year with the Wizards, just 11.9 and he was really making it rain from a three-point land. Another big takeaway was that Otto Porter kind of had his coming out party. I didn't quite tally his uh, his stat totals um, over the the playoff series, but like he only averaged about six points a game uh, over that season, and then totally stepped up his numbers. I think he got close to like eleven, ten, or eleven points, um, and he he proved what was it his third season second season i don't know he's still young second season yeah second season yeah he averaged 10 points and eight rebounds in that series and shot Mm. 37 percent from three yeah well not bad isn't it random that ramon sessions is back with the team briefly this this, this was his last year 2015 with uh with the wizards his only year too but i mean he hasn't played played in the 15 16 season Oh, the next season, who was still there yeah, as a backup? Yeah, I think he played next season. Okay, and then last year it was that awful dual-headed Trey Burke and uh, Brandon Jennings. <laughs> Jennings is in the D-League now, and I think Burke is actually doing some work for the Knicks. Didn't he have, like, a big game recently? Yeah, I think he had, thir- I think he had a 30-point game for the Knicks. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, too bad he couldn't do that in D.C. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a sweep, um, and the... The Raptors, I don't know, like, they shot they shot very poorly. <laughs> and I don't know, like, what was up with that, but it definitely started with their superstars. Like, if you look at Game 3, for example, Lowry was 5 of 22, which is 22% shooting, 23% shooting. DeRozan hit, or it was both, like, 38% is, isn't that good. And as a team, they were, and it looked like they never really found their flow. Um, in Game 2... What was it? There wasn't really much going on for Kyle Lowry. He was three for ten. Um, and game one, I think he shot even worse. Let me double check that one. Yeah, that series showcased Wall at his defensive best. Like when he wants to play defense, he can be a Who? an absolute lockdown defender. For Wall? Yeah, for Wall. Because that year oh, yeah. he was second team all defense. Yeah. And it's kind of faded in and out since then. Uh, one more note about game one of that one. So that was a game, it was really low shooting percentage for both teams because the, the Wizards were just 39%. But they held Lowry to 2 of 10 and DeRozan to 6 of 20. So that's 20% for Lowry, 30% for DeRozan. It was just lockdown defense or, you know, maybe the Raptors just couldn't throw a brick in, in the ocean. But... I don't, I don't know. It was it was an awesome series to watch from fans' perspective because it kind of it kind of set the the Wizards down the wrong path. Also, because Pierce is like, of course, a Hall of Famer. He had recently won a championship like two or three seasons before that. I think three seasons, something like that. And then it's or no, they lost to the Lakers, so it had been like four seasons or something. But he like 
he instilled a new sense of confidence in these young guys that kind of shaped their career. But at the same time, like it made the Wizards talk way too much moving forward. And yeah. so I, I think they kind of learned from Pierce, like you need to talk the talk in order to have confidence. But it's been a lot more talking than action recently. Yeah, because yeah, you could remember like before Paul Pierce arrived in D.C., Wall and Beal were relatively quiet guys. They didn't really say much to the media. And it wasn't until after he arrived that there was this whole, like, oh, we're the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference and, and all that talk. That's really when it st- all started. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes with playing well, too. You know, if, if Wall has gotten to the All-Star game five straight years and now Beal's an All-Star, too, like, it makes sense that you kind of have earned the privilege to be a little bit more vocal, but I'd like to see the Wizards advance further in the playoffs because it was since that year, possibly even the year before, where they're like, we don't want to accept anything less than Eastern Conference Finals, going to Eastern Conference Finals. And so, of course, like the the Wizards, because the John Wall's broken, displaced fractures in his wrist, uh, he wasn't able to you know, play full strength against the Hawks right after the Wizards swept the Raptors. But then the next year they went 41 and 41 and, and slipped out of the playoffs all because they were trying to save money over the offseason to get KD. And we all know how that one worked out. Jan Mahimni's basically yeah. as good, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- and think about it. we we saved cap space to sign Jan Mahimi. Yeah, that's and, that's pretty much what we did. <laughs> that's pretty much what the Wizards did. It was almost Al Horford, <laughs> which would have been awesome. But I've been you know, that that summer, uh, the summer where KD went to the Warriors and just stupid money was being thrown everywhere. Like it's crazy how things have turned since. And I don't really understand why the cap doesn't keep expanding but like it's it's just ridiculous to see Mahimni making what like 15 million year 15 million dollars a year whereas uh Lou Williams just signed four years 28 million like what's going on in this world <laughs> I mean I guess that's just what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket I mean that was yeah. the only that was really the only plan Ernie Grunfeld had going to the offseason it was Katie or bust he didn't really have a backup plan was that the year before Beal became a uh, free, uh, like a free agent. Oh, uh, that was that was the year Beal signed his um, uh, his max deal. Okay, yeah. Well, anything else to say in terms of this Wizards uh, versus Raptors game tomorrow night? Anything you're looking forward to seeing? I'm I'm interested to see how. Thomas Saransky matches up against Kyle Lowry because Lowry's only six feet and Saransky is six seven. Mm-hmm. So he's so I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna give Saransky that much that many problems, yeah. especially when he's guarding him. Because Saransky can see over him and throw passes whenever he wants, essentially. And the Wizards beat the Raptors very recently, February first. I think that was what the first or second, the second game without John Wall. Um, and Lowry ended up playing really well in like the third or fourth quarter, but he missed a, a clutch free throw that could have, you know, made it a one possession game. But ultimately, like Sadoransky's defense on Lowry was was incredible that game until he exploded for one quarter, I think, of like seventeen points or something around there. But yeah, I mean, Sadoransky, he he doesn't quite his athleticism. I wouldn't say his athleticism is growing, but like his defense. Is definitely improving, and the fact that he's six foot seven, and I don't know, like, is he athletic or does he not have the foot speed? Because you see him dunking on people and getting blocks, and 
all sorts of steals and stuff. But like the critique is that he's not fast enough to play point guard in the league. What's your take? I think he's deceptively quick. I mean, if you can, if you have the type of ver, of type of um ups that Sarasi has, then you have to have some type of quickness to go along with it. I think it's because he's yeah he's six seven. He doesn't he doesn't have flashy handles. Yeah, and he doesn't really take guys off the dribble, so he doesn't look fast. But he definitely has. But I think he has the ability to get to the basket. He just doesn't. He just doesn't use it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the last important note is uh, so the Wizards are just one game behind Cleveland for third place right now. Uh, a win over the Raptors, of course, a win over any Eastern Conference foe would be big. But um, Cleveland is about to. What? Sorry, what's? Uh, I thought I had their next game. They're, they just won. Who are they about to play? They just beat the Nets. Who is Cleveland playing the same night on Friday? Where is this? Where, they're is, this? where the, is this? They're playing the Sixers tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a tough matchup. So maybe the Wizards can can even that up. But I don't know. Cleveland's been playing pretty well recently. So we'll see. It would be nice to, to be tied with the, the Cavs. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, there's 20 games left. All of them matter. Would you do you think it's a huge difference being the third versus fourth seed, or not not that big a deal for to you, Brandon? It depends who we play in the first round. If we play, I mean, if we play the um, if we play the Sixers in the first round. That's gonna be that can be a problem because Embiid is gonna give our bigs problems, and we don't really have anyone to keep Simmons out of the paint. That that probably works better in our in the Wizards' favor. The benefit of earning that three seed and surpassing the Cavs would mean that you don't have to play them until the finals because there's no chance the Cavs would jump, you know, eight games with 20 games left or whatever and get up to the two seed. So that's just more motivation for the Wizards to grab that three seed, which is yes. a blessing because, you know, it's never easy to face, face the Cavaliers, but, you know, if you got to face them, it may as well be in that final showdown Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah. Brandon, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on Locked On Wizards podcast and sharing the history of the Wizards Raptors rivalry and all the trash talk that went down. Wizards trash talking a little bit too much these days. So you're coming tomorrow. I'll see you then, and we'll be podcasting after that game as well. So look out for that. Don Wizards podcast. We'll have the results and analysis for you Friday night. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Happy Dylan. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.